I remember the story that I, I read about him, or I, I was in the interview, and he was like, yeah, I was in the club, and I heard Stronger come on, and I was like, nah, the kick isn't right. The kick is not right. And so there's a video of him and, and Timbaland in the studio, and it's like months after graduation came out, and they're still working on the mix, and Timbaland is sitting there, and he's like, he's like, dude, I... He's like, I don't know. I don't know what you want. Mm-hmm. Like, what what needs to be better? Mm-hmm. And I think on Life of Pablo, with the evolution of, like, streaming music, he mm-hmm. was finally like, yes, I can I do can this. I can do what now. I want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, I think more people need to take advantage of that. It's so smart. Yeah, it's cool. But that's, like, the stuff that I love to, like, read up on is the... Because even when he was putting out Yeezus, he produced, mm-hmm. like, what, three or four hours of music... Gave it to Rick Rubin, who was about to leave for, for like a vacation, and was like, "Here, no, here's some money. Help me do this. Help me figure out what is the album here." Mm. And Rick was like, "All right, you can chop it down to these songs, because like, Jesus is his shortest album." Yeah, yeah. And even he was still like, "No, there's still more. There's still more." Yeah, dude. Damn. <laughs> To the Edu Punks podcast. This is your host Craig Vitamin bringing you another conversation with an everyday educator and a daily disruptor. This week, I'm chatting with my friend Matt Politowski of the band Animal Flag, and he also makes some nice uh, solo music, some instrumental music that you'll get to hear a little bit later. But we got into a, a, a real big conversation, so much so that there's going to be an extra episode later this weekend. So you'll have that to look forward to. Uh, we get into a lot of what it was like starting Animal Flag as a solo project and creating a band around it and how that has evolved, as well as what it's like teaching kids how to play music and how to play in ensembles and bands. So he's like an actual school of rock kind of guy, which is really cool to hear about uh, his experiences and what he's learned working with kids around educating them around music. And 
You get to hear how he learned about music and all of the ways that it challenged him, but also opened up all sorts of new worlds uh, for his life by learning how to channel a lot of frustration and life into music. We also get into some religious stuff, which uh, has not happened really on the podcast before. And that's actually a little bit more for the extra episode, but definitely gets touched on in this episode as well. You'll get to hear a bunch of sounds and tunes and noises from the new Animal Flag album, Void Ripper, which comes out on Friday, April 13th via Flower Girl Records and Triple Crown Records. It is a feast for the ears. I absolutely love this album. I've listened to it a bunch on a lot of my runs and workouts over the last couple of weeks, and I can assure you it is going to be worth your time. Cannot wait to get my hands on the vinyl copy. Uh, But yeah, I'm not going to waste too much time uh, with an intro, but if you like what you hear, please tell folks, share, review, rate, all those things. We're on Stitcher now. We're on Google Play. Uh, Apple iTunes Store is still very much alive and well. And uh, I think that's all. That's all I got for this intro. Let's get to this conversation with Matt. There's a lot. So let's do it. So I'm sitting here with Matt Politowski in my living room. Thanks for driving down. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me, Greg. Yeah, I'm excited to chat with you. We've been we uh, we we talked about this a couple uh, like a month or so ago, and then the album got announced. The Animal Flag album got announced. I'm like, well, we got to get this out in time for the people <laughs> to know what the what the stories are behind the album and stuff. How are you doing tonight? Good, good. Yeah, yeah. I, like what I was saying before, I was dealing with um, my basement being torn apart, but... Um, being away from that now, I bet it helps. Yeah, yeah. It's all good. <laughs> I feel good. A little bit of time away from there. Yeah. <laughs> you can sit back, listen to some Sufjan. Oh, man. Uh, I've decided to... We're, I spun some records while Chris was here, but we're going to spin some records while Matt's here. It'll be fun. Laid back, chill. I don't even know if this will pick it up, but whatever. You know, we're li- we're chilling to music right now. I don't give a shit. Uh, we're going to get off on that tangent a little bit later. But Matt, I know a bit about you. Folks might not know anything about you. Can you tell folks a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, where you come from, all that jazz? Sure, yeah. Um, my name is Matthew Politowski, and I am originally from Orange County, New York, uh, which is the... Um, less famous orange county but it's it is the original orange county and um yeah i'm from there and i moved to boston about eight years ago to go to college i went to berkeley college of music oh hey and um, i've had a few of you in here yeah (laughs) so yeah i that's kind of where i come from and what i why i'm in boston and um i play in a band called animal flag and i also do music on my own Mm -hmm. And um, for my job, I work at a restaurant, and I also am a music teacher at a, a like private like, music school in Salem, in Marblehead. Oh, cool. What's the school? It's called Marblehead School of Music. Yeah. yeah. You were explaining it to me. It sounded like a school of rock kind of thing, almost. Yeah, it's that same basic um, 
that same basic scenario or setup. It's kind of like the people who own it also went to Berkeley like many years ago and um, they kind of were like, yeah, it's like, it's that kind of style teaching. And so it's not, it's not like classical. I mean, you can learn classical music there if you want, because the, there's teachers there who do that, but like kind of the, the um, framework is like more um, casual and more focused on like modern, like pop music and like styles mm. like that. Like, yeah, accessible stuff, right? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like school of rock. That's a good. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> so, do you have kids like focusing on instruments, like specific instruments, or are they like kind of all learning a lot of different things? It depends. <clears throat> like, um, like I'll teach. I teach like private lessons and also do like ensembles. Okay. Where it's just like a, a, a grouping of kids. Like they'll they'll put kids who have like um, similar interests together, and. Um, so do you get some like metalhead kids or some yeah. punk kids? Oh yeah, really? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. sick. <laughs> but it's cool. Like, yeah, I I teach like guitar. It's like my main thing, but I also do like bass and drums and piano. And the thing that's been really exciting is I've started to teach like electronic music production oh. to kids. Um, so in my like in my like teacher bio or whatever, mm-hmm. I, I mentioned that I am really into um, electronic production mm-hmm. and you know, making music with a computer and just basically threw it out there like, hey, if if you are interested in that, um, like we can do it. Because I always remember being a kid when I was like 14 or 15 and I was like going to my guitar lessons. I was like, of course, very excited to be playing guitar and like studying that. But I always felt like, um, like kind of bored with it. And Mm -hmm. I was like, man, I wish that I could go to a lesson where the teacher would sit with a computer or a synthesizer and we could like make weird sounds and, mm-hmm. and they could teach me how to how to like make music with not a guitar yeah <laughs> and it, but uh, you know upstate new york and like you know where i was and how old i was this was i guess late 2000 so mm-hmm. it was like it wasn't really like as common as it is now yeah, it i mean really it was a thing but, yet yeah and so i always like was like oh I guess I'll have to learn myself, but now like I'm in the tr- I'm in the position where I can like offer that, and I offer that, and some some kids were like, yeah, I want to do that, so that's been really exciting for me. Yeah, and I mean like the last five or so years, like dorm, like bummer rock, <laughs> lo-fi stuff has really like permeated into the music scene, so it's definitely something that'll like almost prime them for. <laughs> Yeah. We're trying to even just keep up with like what's going on now. Like bands like Florist or um I don't know, Japanese Breakfast remind mm. me of that kind of style or Bed Bug. Mm. Um a lot of that kind of like we produced this in our dorm room basically. Yes. Uh yeah. it kind of sounds like that, but mm. it's also like really good. Yeah, it's part of the charm, yeah. Yeah, and we're using we're not using a lot of conventional instruments mm. like i watch uh emily from florist oh, I, yeah. I always follow her like instagram stories yes. she's just playing with knobs and oh my gosh switches it's and so great cables i'm like what are you i don't have the brain for that yeah to even process yeah. how to use one of those boards i'm very inspired by her and her and her instagram is very inspiring right? too. <laughs> well, she, she, she performed at um and I actually don't know her pronouns, so I I hope we're not assuming. But um, she performed at Leslie. Mm. The florist performed at Leslie, uh, which is where Katie works. And um, 
I was just floored the whole time. I was like, mm. they people listening can't see, but I was just like this in my chair the whole time. Like, <laughs> oh my god! I was just leaning back. Like this is just a whole other atmosphere. Yeah, it was so cool. Yeah, to like experience it live. Yeah, it was unreal. Um, when did you get into making music? Um, so I was about I was probably about eleven years old. Yeah, and um, was it around music? Like around your family or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, so so my uncle on my mother's side um, is a musician, and he's a he's an artist, like a multimedia artist, and um, he teaches he teaches art. Um, but yeah, when, when I was like eleven, he he just approached me one day. I remember I was like ten, and he was like, "Hey, do you want to learn how to play the guitar?" And I was like, "Sure, I'll learn how to play the guitar." And it was one of those things, even when I was 10, I kind of had like a grim kind of like, oh, this is one of those things that won't happen. <laughs> like, I remember thinking that, um, and then I went over to his house, and he showed me a couple chords, and um, I was just able to do it. Like, I was able to play the G chord, the D chord, the C chord, and I was like, oh, wow. I didn't, it didn't really, I didn't really think, I, did, I wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a musician before this. But it was just one of those things that it was just totally natural for mm-hmm. me, and so um, he he really mentored me, and he was he was like, yeah, he saw potential in me, I guess. And mm-hmm. um, since he was my uncle, there was no like awkward, um, there was no like distance there because he's yeah. my family, and so like I I always remember this one time where he'd been teaching me for like two years at this point. So now I was thirteen, and we've been playing for two years together. And, um, I had other interests, like I was playing sports, which I, as I got older, I, older being like into my teenage years, <laughs> like a couple of years. Old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I started to like not be as good at it. And like sports culture was just showing itself to be not a good place for me to be. Like yeah. I, you know, I couldn't really hang. Um, were but, you trying sports? Yeah. Yeah. I played like. I played like every sport I could. Oh, okay. My dad is super into that, and so he, you know, naturally he was like, "Oh yeah, you're gonna try sports out." But that's natural. Yeah, like, parents want to see what'll just stick. Exactly, exactly. And so I was like, "Yeah, cool," but it was, you know, just the, the being made fun of all the time thing, and you, you know, you know how it is. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, <laughs> all that. It I was... do a whole talk about being bullied growing up. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. So yeah, I was discovering that that wasn't really my thing, and. You know, I was just I was just a kid, so I wasn't really focused. Um, but but my uncle was just like he was like, "Hey, like, what's up?" Like he was just like, "Why are you like like confrontational like that?" Yes. Okay. He, All right. He, he literally sat me down. He was like, he was like, "What? What are you doing?" He's like, "You're so talented, and you're wasting your talent. If you want to go, if you want to go play football or whatever, like, do that, dude. Like, do it. Like, I don't care." But just know that you're wasting your talent and that you have a great gift here. And if you don't focus on it, it's going to go away. It was like, he, he's like very yeah. intense. And I was, I was like, I was 13, you know? And um, so it hit me. And I remember going home. I was stunned. I was just like, like, wow. Like it was almost like a whiplash moment. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that moment or that uh, movie. Yeah. Um, but it, 
it's not like that. Like it, the, <laughs> you didn't become like the best drummer. <laughs> <laughs> no, and he wasn't. He wasn't like abusive like yeah, that guy was. Yeah, like yeah. we have a great relationship, but um, I remember <laughs> we going, don't need to be calling anyone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it's fine. I I love I love my uncle, um, but yeah, it was just one of those moments where I was like, oh crap, like yeah, I should focus. And then from that moment, it was very clear. I also got a concussion playing football mm. earlier that like around that time mm-hmm. and um it was just like yeah this is the time to quit this is the time to quit sports and like stop like obviously being in a world that I obviously don't fit in yeah. and time for me to just like do this thing that's coming really naturally so yeah from that conversation um I've pretty much just like really focused on it <laughs> yeah yeah that's... it changed my life <laughs> yeah i bet sounds like it um but what were some of your like early, what was the early stuff you were learning and then what did you end up like discovering for yourself that actually influenced you mm, yeah um so i grew up in a very um evangelical christian uh world holy crap same yeah yeah we briefly <laughs> talked about this yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh yeah, so that was like the culture I was a part of, and like my house was kind of, is kind of that. My parents both have like kind of strange upbringings in their own way. Like my dad is was like Irish Polish Catholic from Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and my mother is from um, South America. She's from Uruguay, and she moved to the states a couple years before my parents had me, and so she has her own like kind of um, spiritual. Um, kind of framework from Mm -hmm. there that she brought here and so my house it was very strange um and there wasn't a lot of music in my house Mm. um and so what the music i was exposed to when i was young was just really 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 bad contemporary christian worship music it was just like just so bad we had had a station called kayla oh my gosh like no it's even worse like do you know do you know carmen i think so you heard of carmen yeah so carmen is like it's like for people who don't know, Carmen is, like, super theatrical, like, um, evangelical, like, theater music mm-hmm. that is, like, very pointed at, um, like, the culture war that's mm-hmm. going on in America. Like, mm-hmm. like just very bad, very, like, you know, like, anti-gay, like, just horrible stuff. Yeah. Like, totally, like, aggressive and, like, a mess. Like, yeah. a mess. Yeah. And, like... Yeah, just so I was like exposed to this type of stuff growing up, and uh, and even like the stuff that wasn't as aggressive, like, um, just like you know Christian pop rock that was yeah. like on the radio. And I mean, I, Audio Adrenaline yes. was one of the early bands. Yes, yes, yes. The first Reliant K album okay, was the yes. first. I, I mentioned this in my chat with Julian, but like that was one of the first gigs I ever got to see oh, was Reliant yeah. K in a church basement. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Um, they were pegged as, like, the Christian Blink-182 yes, back in the day, yes. if you remember that. And so, like, yeah, I was, like, exposed <clears throat> to, like, that world. And I was, I just was, like, hey, this is bad. Like, I remember talking to my mom and being, like, when we're in the car, because it wasn't even Reliant K yet. It was, like, stuff that was on the Christian radio for, like, parents to listen to. Oh, okay. Kids. So it was yeah. super bland. And I was, like, hey, mom, I was probably, like, nine or ten. I was, like, can we listen to something else? Like, mm-hmm. I don't like this music. And, um... She was like, okay. And so she put on the country music station. Hey. <laughs> and um, so I really took a liking to country music. And I think her thought process was like, probably like, okay, this is like, 
it's not rock and it's not um you know no this is probably wasn't her thought process actually she <laughs> she wasn't really concerned about me being like corrupted like she didn't really because she's like she's not she was not like raised in american culture so yeah. she didn't really have these ideas of like i need to protect my kid from like cultural oh, things interesting um it so her thought process was more huh. like she just loved country music that was like the yeah. aspect of american culture that she like grabbed onto f- kind of first i think when she yeah. came here and so she put it on and i was like yes this is good this is better um than the christian music hmm. that i was listening to and so yeah that was a big thing but my fir- my first lessons like my uncle taught me like an alabama song there you go and then like a like um uh, it's Leonard Skinner's song, oh, yeah. but then he would bounce it like, and then I learned a Cranberry song. I learned Zombies okay. or Zombie. I think that was like the second or third song I learned, and uh, yeah, it just all all like these kind of strange like things coming together. This is kind of like my intro to. That's pretty music. interesting. Yeah, it was very it was very strange. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, what did you latch on to that really? Um started to drive you in the direction you've gone now though as a music listener and lover yeah so i had um this rhapsody i don't know if you remember rhapsody Mm -hmm. it was like a you could just like i feel like it was like um limewire or like kazaa was that the other Mm -hmm. one Mm -hmm. it was like limewire for like cowards who weren't trying to like fully (laughs) pirate music It's That's so, a good description of it. So yeah. I that was me and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna like search and so I on my own I discovered Elliot Smith. Mm-hmm. I heard his uh cover of um um Thirteen mm-hmm. by that band uh who's the band? Um is it Big Star? Yeah. Big Star. I, I think, think you're right. Yeah. So it's it's off the Thumbsucker soundtrack. It's for the movie Thumbsucker. Um yeah, Big yeah. Star. Um I've never seen the movie, but I heard this Elliot Smith song and I was like, okay, who's this? Like, this is amazing. And then, um, I remember I discovered, uh, Switchfoot. I really love Switchfoot <laughs> and the postal service, the postal service, um, really changed my life. Like yeah. Jimmy Tamborello, the person who produces, mm-hmm. who like, produced the music for postal service was my intro into electronic music. Yeah. That makes and sense. And that blew my world open. Um, that was actually an album that I think affected a lot of people. Yeah. Because it, <clears throat> it was before I was even interested in, like, Death Cab. Like, a bunch mm. of my friends were loving Death Cab in high yeah. school. And I was like, that's, like, pussy music. <laughs> that's where my... That, that was in my brain. Yeah, That was yes, in my brain. Yeah. And... Uh, I was trying to undo a bunch of toxic masculinity yeah. while listening to Disturbed, while listening oh, no. to Taproot, oh. while listening to stuff I should not have been, stuff that Katie picks on me for, like, every single yeah. day. And, but when that Postal Service album came out, I was like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. And it was around the time where I started, like, figuring out that I was a little sadder than I thought I was. And mm. I was like repressing a lot of that. Mm. And it was the first album that really like I cried to. Wow. And I don't even remember why, but I was just, it hit me. Sometimes albums do that. They hit you at the right time mm. and you just like fall in love with it. Yeah. And it was, it was a gateway album like yes, for a completely. lot of things. Yeah. And now I think Ben Gibbard was in, involved in, three literal perfect albums in a row yeah, that, that was... no one can touch him on. Yeah. Transatlanticism, 
Postal Service and plans. And, and plans. Yep. You can't fuck with those three albums. Masterpieces, yeah. It's ridiculous. So I that guess. got you into like electronic yeah, stuff that, a little bit? Yeah, that album was huge for me. I remember also, um, like I mentioned, Switchfoot hearing that song, Dare You to Move. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like a good middle ground between like music that was like okay for me to listen to growing up in church. Like mm-hmm. that was, Switchfoot was like a band that was like allowed, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, this they came like... on at the gym today. Oh, wow. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember hearing Dare You to Move and thinking, like, it made me feel this feeling of, I was just like, this is what music can be. It's, it's you know, like, the feeling when you hear something, when you're like, oh, this is happy and sad. This is, you know, making me, like, stop and stare at the wall and, like, go into myself mm-hmm. and, like also like reflect on like like the world around me like Mm -hmm. it was just you know like that moment that you have with music that you love that was the first time that it happened to me because i loved i liked music before but i just liked what i was hearing but this dare you to move i heard it and i was like this is music this is what it can make you feel Mm -hmm. and that's what i'm gonna chase that now and i think it would it's also because Switchfoot, yeah, became one of those bands that your your family didn't care you listening to. Like it was the same yes. for me. And so um, when Switchfoot was like kind of permeating a little bit, um, it was also it was also the fact that they were still accessible with like the religious stuff. Mm. But then the first band that was outside of the bands that like we knew were like super Christian, but we're talking about those things. The first band that did that for me and I felt, okay, they're really like taking on faith and challenging stuff and writing amazing music Mm. was Manchester orchestra. Oh yes. Yes. The first time I saw them, first time I saw Andy Hole and they played, where have you been? Mm. I like had an out of body experience. Yeah. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. And we were watching them live and I was like, this is one of the best things I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. And now Manchester Orchestra has been like that band for yeah. me. Like, yeah. yeah. Followed it through. For me, that was um, when I, later on, when I actually started to, like you said, like challenge your belief and like it kind of interrogate it. Um, for me, it was David Bazan. Oh, yeah. Page of the Lion. And, I mean, to this day, David Bazan is, like, top three, like, songwriting heroes of mine. Um, but I remember I had a similar moment. Um, Did I was your mind at... explode when that Manchester Orchestra Julian Baker cover came out? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, okay, I haven't listened to it yet. Cause I ha- so I have a spreadsheet of, uh-huh. like, a psycho spreadsheet that I made of music I have to listen to. Okay. And that, I saw it. Julian Baker, Manchester Orchestra, covering Pedro the Lion. I was like, I, I'm i going to need like an, like a, some some time yeah. to get into the, to like to soak this in. And it's I, very good. I haven't had time to do it yet. And I'm, I'm like waiting to prepare myself yeah. to like really soak it in because I know it's going to like <laughs> ruin my day in, in like the best way. In the best way, way yeah. yeah like, I think you and I might listen to music the same way. Yes. <laughs> but I had a moment... Um, it was it was 2008, and I went to Cornerstone Festival. I don't know if you remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Of course, you know about Cornerstone. I um, did a I I did a tour of all of the Christian music festivals oh, one summer. Oh man, working for a nonprofit. Oh wow, it was a lot. Yeah, 
But I, I played, I was playing that year, it was 2008, like, with my friends, we were in a band, and we had driven to the middle of the country to play, like, you know, the generator stages yep. at Cornerstone. But David Bazan was playing, and this was right around the time Curse Your Branches came out. And um, at this point, I was, like, I still definitely identified as a Christian person, and that was just my worldview, and I was so in it. I mean, I was at Cornerstone, so... You know, I'm here and like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going through these things. And um, remember, I saw David Bazan play. Um, he played Hallelujah, did a cover mm-hmm. of it. I remember sitting in the back of the tent and I had a, a, a glass of uh, lemonade in my hand and it was filled with ice. <clears throat> and I just remember hearing him sing the song and the ice in the, in the glass, in the plastic cup that I had was shaking it was vibrating and i just like it was that and him singing hallelujah it just it shot right through me and then he played the song in stitches which mm-hmm. is the last song off off of christian branches and that's the one where he said where he talks about um uh he's like challenging god and he's like yeah <clears throat> what's the lyric uh job asks you the question and you responded, who are you to challenge your creator? Well, if that one part is true, it makes you sound defensive. Like you could have, like you should, um, that you might have bit, bit off more than you could chew. And yeah, <laughs> I'm like 16. Mm-hmm. And I, my mind um, was blown. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And I remember I went on a really long walk with my friend. Like it was like a two or three hour walk after that show. And my friend, he was a pastor at the time. And I was like, hey, dude, like, thinking a lot of things, and I'm feeling a lot of things, and we got to talk about this lyric and, like, this performance I just watched. Like, and it was, it changed, that was another moment that, that definitely changed my life. Um, but yeah, just, and, and that whole world was, like, Manchester Orchestra, um, hearing those albums, like, that's that's like kind of the natural progression from Switchfoot, I think. Yeah, like getting yeah. into that stuff. Oh man, the first time Manchester put out the song "Shake It Out" mm. and the like bridge toward the end, where he's like, "I felt the Lord begin to peel off all my skin. I felt a weight within reveal a bigger mess that you'll never that you'll never fix." Oh my god, that song yeah. still fucks me up. Yeah, and as someone who. I'm I'm of the ilk of if you really want something in your life, if you really want to have it as like a a cornerstone of your life, mm. you got to be willing to challenge yourself and challenge yes. it and challenge your yeah. perceptions of it. And that was one of those songs where I was like, "Holy crap, I need to figure out what I am and yes. what I'm doing." Yes, exactly. It was it was nuts. All right, we're going to take a quick break uh, so I can just share a little bit of information with you. It is April, which means it is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, so I want to share some information about RAIN, the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, as well as the National Sexual Assault Hotline that they created. 
Rain is the nation's largest anti-sexual violence organization. It created and operated the National Sexual Assault Hotline, which is 800-656-HOPE. Uh, in partnership with more than 1,000 local sexual assault service providers across the country and operates the DOD, the Department of Defense Helpline. RAIN also carries out programs to prevent sexual violence, help survivors, and ensure that perpetrators are brought to justice. The National Sexual Assault Hotline is a safe, confidential uh, service, so when you call the hotline, only the first six numbers of the phone number are used to route the call, and your complete phone number is never shown in their system. Most states do have laws that require local staff to contact authorities in certain situations, like if a child or vulnerable adult is in danger please visit rain.org for more information and again if you want to call the national sexual assault hotline it is 1-800-656-HOPE which is 4673 so it's 1-800-656-4673 if you want to learn more go to rain.org all right let's get back to this conversation with matt politowski How does some of your experiences influence the way that you work with kids and teaching them music? Do you like think back to when your uncle was teaching you or <laughs> do you think of uh, other, other practices? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good question. Um, I first off feel very, I'm very new to it yeah. and I've only been teaching for a short amount of time. Um, so I feel like my my discoveries and my observations about teaching are um, kind of rudimentary right now, and and I know that I have so much to learn about being a teacher, and um, yeah, I'm like working with children is is amazing, and I I feel like almost a challenge is that I often have to um, like snap myself out of like being in awe of them sometimes because like that sounds kind of strange, but it's just so it, it it's it's mystifying to see like a small child who like doesn't have like like f- fully formed like social skills and like when they come in they don't say hi to you they're just like they're just kind of like looking at you and they just sit down and they take out the guitar and they're like they're just ripping it up yeah and to me I'm I'm just like wow you you understand so much already mm-hmm. like you 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 don't know that you understand it, but you already understand so mm-hmm. much. Like, I think children in general are that way. Like, kind of this idea that they're not they're not influenced by um, culture and like things, and they, they kind of haven't they haven't been like worn down by the world, I guess. And yeah, so they they know they know a lot because of that. I think growing up, you you have to relearn things. Like, growing up is a process of, like, forgetting, and then you just have to be reminded of things, and I feel like the children, they already know it, Yeah, (laughs) you know? Um, They still have a little bit of, they still have a little, a bit of, like, zealous idealism, too, because the world hasn't kicked them down yet. Yeah. They're like, no, I can still figure this out, or it's just a little bit of naivety, which is still safe, like, still good and very okay, to the point where they're like, they don't know what they need to be worried about. Yeah. And that's yeah. okay. Yeah. We need to allow kids to have that. Yeah. 
because I feel like sometimes I'm a little bit of a Debbie Downer in, in public mm. and like kids hear that and I'm like, you know, I probably would have hated that if, mm. so, if I heard someone talk like that. So I've been like thinking about that. I was actually talking to my therapist about it today. Mm. So it's like something I think about a lot, like when I work with younger folks, yeah. it's just like letting them have their moment and their learning experience. That's one of the big things I've learned about teaching mm. and that's good. Seven years I've been <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah, I feel like um, I'm learning how to, like, take each, each uh, like, session as, like, its own thing. Like, when a new student comes in and sits down, I'm like, okay, like, r- like kind of restart here. And I, w- I-, I wish I had more time. I wish I had, like, because... Where I, where I work, we usually do, like, half-hour sessions, and I almost wish we had an hour, because, like... doesn't seem like enough time. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't, because um, I, I spend, like, the first five minutes being like, how are you? How was your day? Yeah. Like, I, I feel like that's so important to, like, um, especially when you're engaging in music, it's such a it's such a sacred thing, you know, to me. I, I'm so reverent of it, and I feel like, all right, we're going to sit down and learn how to navigate through... Like, how to get these things that's in your head, these, like, magical ideas, how to get them through your fingers. Like, it's, it's almost, it's like alchemy in mm-hmm. a way. It's like you're, you're turning, you're turning, you're making something out of nothing. And obviously when you're, like, an 11-year-old kid and you're just like, I just want to learn how to play this cover song, dude. <laughs> like, relax, you know. And just trying to impress some other kids. <laughs> yeah. That's the, it. <laughs> and I wasn't thinking this way as a child either. I was just like. Well, I think maybe I was a little bit, like, subconsciously, but, um, yeah, I, it's that whole thing. Like, I wish I had, I wish I had more time to, like, get to know them better, and I feel like that would help me with the actual teaching part. Um, hmm. Do you get more yeah. time when you work with the ensembles, then? Or yes, the ensembles okay. is, like, many hours, like, it's okay. like, an hour and a half or, like, two hours, and that, then I do feel like we're getting somewhere a little deeper, you know? Does that feel, how does that feel in comparison to like leading uh, an actual, like your band? Mm. How does that, do you feel like you're wearing both hats? Like the band leader of both almost? (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's funny because in in my band that I play in, um, obviously it's more collaborative. It's like, you know, all of us can have input. Like, all of us are, like, have ideas. Like, oh, let's run this part like this. And let's let, let's reimagine this part in this way. So it's, like, I'm not, like, just the musical director mm-hmm. when, we're, when we're rehearsing. Um, actually, Sai, a lot of the times, is the person who will be like, hey, let's break this part down and do this. For people listening who, who don't know, um, Sai is the guitar player in my band Animal Flag. Mm-hmm. And episode five. Yes, go listen to his episode. <laughs> um, he also plays in a band called Really From. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so but when I'm teaching the kids, it's like I'm kind of the sole like person who has to like give instruction. And honestly, I've been very nervous. It's kind of scary. <laughs> really? Um, yeah, because it's like they'll just look at me and be like, "Okay, what's next?" And I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, oh crap, you're right. Like, I have to come up. I have to." I'll tell you what's next. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna figure out what's next. So is it because they don't have the like wherewithal to write something next, or it's you're showing them what the actual song they're playing is? 
Well, I mean, a lot of times, they're just working on covers. Okay. Um, but it's almost Thanks. like, we'll run the part, and they'll be like, okay, like, it's almost like, okay, tell us how to do it better, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of still real. I'm learning how to teach right now. Yeah. I'm really learning how to do it do it well, and I think I'm doing a good job, but... Um, well, and I've noticed you're kind of... I mean, this is everyone in comparison to me is soft-spoken, but you're a pretty soft-spoken guy. Oh. <laughs> so, is it... Is it the directness part, like mm. being direct with the students, the the kids, that is the thing you're working on the most? Or is it more of how to get it from your brain to their brain? <laughs> it's that. It's definitely okay. that. Um, I also do feel uncomfortable like telling an 11-year-old, like, hey, man, like, shape up. Like, so, no, that is, like, when I see a kid, I'm like, oh, hi. Like, I'm, like, too, I think I'm too, like like too gentle maybe yeah. and it might weird them out they're yeah. like what do you like do you just can, here to you play can, rock guy yeah i'm just here to rock dude i want to cover green day <laughs> teach um, me green day guy yeah but yeah it's it's the thing trying to translate it because i'll catch myself trying to speak abstractly mm-hmm. i'm like play it like more like like <laughs> Like a leaf, and you know, I mean, I won't say that. But I like, love the hand gestures. You're yeah. like, you're like floating with them. I, I'll catch it before it comes out of my mouth, but like, I want to say that because that I don't know. That's kind of like cliche, like art speak, but like, that's. I mean, music is an abstract thing, and so I I think of it in abstract terms, and so you know, it's trying to get trying to get more concrete ways of speaking about things with them which is something i really look up to sigh about like when we're in rehearsal i'm the student a lot mm. of the times and sigh is like okay here's how like this section is the problem it's these four bars in that in that in that second bar here's the problem mm-hmm. it's this second beat you know so he's like very good he's just a good musician so yeah. he's good at like zooming in like microscopically whereas for me i think more in the big like kind of sonic, wash of things the sonic realm of it all yeah and so it's been good uh because you this back you started animal flag as a solo project right yes like tell me a little bit more about that because we're gonna get it more into the collaborative piece too so how did animal flag even become a thing yeah that's um that's a good question so i like i was around 15 15 years old and i've been like I said, playing music with my uncle and playing music with my cousin, who's actually an incredible musician. Um, her her project is called Verite, and she makes like like dark pop. Like it's beautiful. Wait, what? Have you? Did you? Do you have one of her vinyls? <laughs> oh my gosh! This album? Yep, that's my cousin. What? Yes. <laughs> that's your cousin? Yep. There she, there's Kelsey. Hey, Kels. If you're listening to this, um, I'm holding I love your album. It was one of my favorite pop records last year. Holy crap. Yeah, the Kelsey, this vinyl looks really good, by the way. It's great. <laughs> I don't have the cool white one. I have the black one, but the inside gold stuff is super sweet. Yeah. Good work. Yes, so, yeah. That's nuts. That this is... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is who I, who I grew up playing music with. Her dad That's is my awesome. uncle. Um that's awesome. Uh, yeah, so that's, yep, that's, so yeah, me and her, me and Kelsey um, played, we would always play music together, like, I remember one day she called me and she was like, hey, do you want to come over and write music with me? Um, she's incredible vocalist and piano player, like, even when she was, like, 
11. You know, you Jeez. could tell, like, she was, like, a beast at it. So, um, yeah, she invited me over and we would play. And so that was, like, one of my first band experiences. Um, but the way Animal Flag started was, you know, I had all these things going with my cousin and with my friends from church. And mm-hmm. uh, I... But I, I like I like to spend a lot of time alone, and I grew up. I have two younger sisters, and they would always hang out. And so, in a lot of the ways, I did feel like I was alone a lot mm-hmm. of the time because we'd be home and they'd do their own thing, and I'm just like, okay, I'm just here with mm-hmm. with my sound makers. Like, let's do it. <laughs> and so, um, the family computer became like my my other band member mm. when no one was around. I, I also grew up like way out in the country, so there was I didn't really have neighbors. You know, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to walk over to my friend's house and jam. Like, it would be, like, a whole thing. I'd have to ask my mom to, like, can you drive me, like, 40 minutes to my friend's house so we can, like, play covers in his basement. So it was just, like, the computer became my bandmate. But you can make noise, I imagine. Yes, and so that's where it started. Like, I... Yeah, my parents were totally cool with me making any sort of noise, which is, like, amazing. Like, I got a drum set, like, a crappy drum set, and I would bang on it, and um, I got a... Cakewalk is the recording software, mm-hmm. uh, and I got like a weird copy of it, and I like installed it. When I was like twelve, and I installed it on my computer, or thirteen. I installed it probably really poorly, and I just I figured it out, and I took my microphone and I plugged it into the back of the computer, and I I just started making sounds, and I was very interested in like noise and like static from the radio, and um, you know just. I didn't have much around me. I didn't have anyone to to bounce ideas off in these moments. And I just in the most, like I was playing with blocks almost, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, so Animal Fly came about from this. And I I, I was uh, just making, I just made so much strange music on this, on my family computer, like albums and albums of stuff, uh, playing the piano that was in our living room and playing the drums and all this. And um, I remember one day I had the music on my iPod and it was just under my name. Um, and I was at church and one of my friends, it was in the youth group and he took my iPod because it was plugged into the speakers. Cause I was like, I was playing music and he took my iPod and he was like looking through it, what to play next. And he saw my name and he goes, Oh, oh what's this? What's this? Like you, you make music. Like I want to hear this and put it on in front of everyone. And it was mortifying. Oh. I was just like, I ran up and I pulled the plug and I was like, no. And so I, that day I went home and I was like, okay, I got to come up with a name. Like. I have, there has to be some anonymity for, for me to like make my own personal music. Yeah. I have to separate myself because that was really embarrassing. And so I, the name Animal Fly came about, me and my friend were driving around and I saw like a, a, um, uh, this person's house and they had a garden outside and there was like a little flag and it had a beagle on it, like the dog on it. I was like, oh, Animal Flag, that's funny. Like, that's stupid and senseless. And I was 14, you know? It was yeah. just like... So I went home and I changed the name on my iTunes of all the, like, psycho music that I made to Animal Flag. And I was like, yeah, that it looks good on iTunes. Like, that's... I'll stick with this. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so it just... It was my solo project for a while. That just became it, you know? And it still does. Yeah, look at it. It still, <laughs> it still looks good on iTunes. Oh, look, look at, at that. that. That's great. <laughs> But yeah, so that's that's kind of how I came about, and I think something I I still cherish today. It's something that I realized was really valuable in the past. Was while I do have my collaborative relationships, which are the most important, it's also extremely important for me to have a little corner of 
my creative world where I can be totally alone mm-hmm. and explore just alone. So. Yeah, because you also put out, uh, you're a busy guy, you also put out inst- an instrumental album like a month ago or a couple mm. weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. And that was like all instrumental, droney, which like I loved because I, I saw you announce it and put it up and I was in a grocery store mm. and I was like, this is the right place to put this on. True. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I put it on while I was just wandering around Stop and Shop oh, and I was wonderful. like, I'm having an out-of-body experience in Stop and Shop. <laughs> Because of Matt. Oh, wow. I should have texted you and just be like, dude, what are you doing? To me <laughs> but it's so good. Thank you. I really Thank like you. that stuff. And I mean, like, I, my, like, favorite genre of stuff is, like, post-rock. Really, yeah, inst- yeah. anything instrumental. Because, like, that's where I got a lot of my comfort in mm. alone time was music that didn't need words. Mm. And as someone who is very good at words, yeah. I use a lot of them, even in my own music. Like, the words are... The things I write first, generally, because I have that mm. concept, I have that idea. Um, the music I tend to gravitate toward when I need to listen is instrumental mm. stuff, though. Yeah. Because um, as a kid with ADHD and a kid who's uh, always doing so many things all the time, the the simplicity of not having to think about words has always been so great to me. Yes. And yes. it's it's at many times in my life, and especially in college, it's helped me like process hmm. it could tell me just be able to like i'll put on an explosions in the sky album and just like chill out so i can just think hmm. and like focus for a minute and that's that's the kind of stuff that i i felt a lot um when i was going through um your 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 solo the, i don't even know to call it a solo album sure yeah yeah sure <laughs> um but now that I, I just put it on at work too it's just so i can just like focus and get work done it's yeah it's good stuff we'll link it for people we're That's mostly beautiful. playing animal flag but maybe i'll play some of the the other one in between the ads and stuff yeah yeah <laughs> oh, i'll get you so now you've got a band yes. with animal flag and you've had one for a couple of years yeah. what was it like creating that mm. crafting a band around your Solo work. Yeah, it's it's been a long process. Like when I was in college, I I started wanting to play with a full band, and so my friends um, would help me. And it was kind of like a just fill in situation, you know. They weren't really committed to the project. It was still very much like a solo project, and my friends would help me out, like either with the recording or like in the most like um, more intense ways. They would come on tour with me, you know, and they would commit in that way. Um, but after the tour was, you know, we did like a two-week tour, you know, every, they'd come home and everyone would, you know, do their own thing. It wasn't like a committed thing, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but in 2000, early 2015, Zach Weeks um, reached out to me because he was booking a show at the mm-hmm. Democracy Center. And he was like, hey, does Animal Flag want to play? And I was like, yeah, I would love to. Um, I don't have a band, though. I'll play solo. I could play solo. Um, and he was like, like, we could we could be your band and we meaning um him and then Sai and alex hmm. and because i mean we were all like really close friends yeah. and um so were they already those three doing stuff together i mean they had played in other bands and yeah. stuff like you know me me and Sai and alex um had played in a band together too and so we were all just kind of like around and i was like hey that sounds good like let's let's play this show together um sure and so they learned a bunch of my songs, and we played the show, and 
How just, much time did you have? Oh, it was like a like they rehearsed and then I came and we rehearsed like twice and then we played the show. Oh. Yeah. And so that rehearsal process and then that show, we were we were all like, "Wow. This is really natural." I'm like, "This is really good." Um and so I was still living in New York. I'd been in living with my parents again for a couple months. Um but then I made the decision to come back to Boston and I kind of I had a conversation with each of them and I'm like, "Hey, um I've never done this before, but like would you would you want to make this like your committed project? Like do you want to like be in this band with me? Like like do you want to commit to this with me? So I hear bands always be in like relationships, but that's like you asking them to go study and that's adorable and I'm sure that that was really stressful too. Yeah. It was. It, it it was exactly like that. And it's funny because at the time, also, I was in the process of talking to my now partner, yeah. Sydney. We were, we were also just starting to date. And so I was having these conversations on two different levels. You know, I was you were talking, really like, you were really going for it on the commitment side of things. You know, I'm just, I always, my way of, I just try to be vulnerable and open all the time. And I feel like... If I'm not putting my heart on the line, it's not <laughs> It's not what I'm trying to do. That's so, so wonderful. <laughs> so, yeah, I had, we had this conversation I had with each of them, and they were all like, yes, like, I mm-hmm. want to do this. Hey everyone, Jacqueline here from In Between Spins. I hope you're enjoying this week's episode of the Edge of Punks podcast. I'm just dropping by to tell you a little bit more about In Between Spins. It probably comes as no surprise that I love collecting vinyl. It's been a hobby and a huge obsession of mine for over a decade. And over the years, I've had the pleasure of meeting and connecting with other femme and non-binary vinyl collectors through social media and record fairs. However, this space is still heavily dominated by men. And this is why I created In Between Spins. Every week, I'll share pieces of my record collection, books I'm reading, art I'm enjoying, and whatever else I'm doing in between spinning records. In addition to the In Between Spins YouTube channel dedicated to femme and non-binary vinyl collectors, the first quarterly zine is available now to purchase with all proceeds going to Trinity Place Shelter, a homeless shelter in New York City for LGBTQ youth. This first zine is centered on feminism and how we navigate relationships with male figures in our lives. If you'd like to get involved with the channel or zine, feel free to reach out to me on social media or email hello at inbetweenspins.com. Talk to you all soon and enjoy the rest of this episode. All right, let's get back to this conversation with Matt. It's been amazing. Like it's been hard for me to like, you know, sometimes to navigate and like adjust and hard for them to like, you know, it's exactly like a relationship. That's, that's a cliche, but that's exactly it. Like we've been us for as, as a band, we've been together for three years since Mm -hmm. 2015. And we've gone through so much, like so much stuff together, like good and bad, like just treacherous things to like just high highs and like there's such a bond there and Mm -hmm. I love I love them so much and I think now we finally found our flow Mm -hmm. and making the last record um or I guess 
the new record. Yeah. Um, Void Ripper. Yes. We're going to get to it. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if this will be out. <clears throat> It'll be then. out right before it's coming out. Okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, this new upcoming record we made together, this was our first attempt to, like, make music as a, as a band. Because the LP that I put out before <laughs> was not this lineup. It was an old lineup. And so um, this is our first attempt. And in, like, all complete honesty, it was a absolute absolutely painful experience really yes it was like treacherous like and doing the collaborative thing it, it was just that we did we didn't know how to collaborate yeah yet. like i didn't know how in this context like the the four of us didn't we didn't know how to collaborate in like in like this it was very intense the whole mm-hmm. experience like and um so now would you just come out. together with ideas and then play off of them, or did you have a did you personally have a bigger vision since it was, mm-hmm. I guess, initially your project? Yeah, so I I had already written all the songs for Void Ripper already, and well, most of them I had most of them like fleshed out, um, but there were some of them that were like half written, and so we like worked out those songs together. Um, but the recording process was just the bad part because we we just decided to like do it like kind of like patchwork like like. All like, oh, we're gonna do a weekend here, and then whenever we're free next, do another weekend yeah. in the studio. We can slide in, and it we couldn't get a momentum and a flow going. Wasn't um, very consistent. Yeah, yeah. and so that it took us a very long time for that reason. That was the nice joke at gigs. <laughs> like, we're, we're working on a new album, yes. and then Sai would be like, "Yeah, it'll be out in like five years." Yes, exactly. <laughs> Is one of those. I'm sure many bands can relate. Um, but yeah, in terms of turning it into a full band and making it more collaborative, like. Now I feel like we understand what's up and like it's it's like a relationship where you where you set boundaries, you know? Yeah. And like I've been realizing boundaries that I need to make it work. Like like, hey guys, like I need time to just write the songs, like write the lyrics by myself <laughs> and then bring them to the table and see what we can do. Yeah. And like that's cool. Like yeah, yeah like ever like it's just figuring out who in the in the in the group what spaces they need and like what they need and then like how how we can make it fit together so hmm. yeah it's it's like a real it's it's hard it's re- it, you got to commit to it you know yeah i mean i've i've told you a little bit about like <clears throat> i've been doing solo music for about 9 years now yeah and before that i was in a metal band in college oh wow cuz again i was still working out some toxic shit but mm. i was also that flamboyant guy on stage yes. i've always been that flamboyant guy on stage <laughs> Because, I mean, I grew up listening to, like, Anthony Green and watching him and yes. Me Without You. So Aaron Weiss, like, flou- like oh literally gosh. flouncing around on stage. And I would do that in a metal band and the guys would be like, what the fuck yeah. is Craig doing again? <laughs> We've told him to stop. But uh, we're serious metal band guys. Yeah. But, like, when I started doing solo stuff, I was like, I've been really drawn to, like, folk punk mm. and, like storytelling through that and so like i never really got anyone interested in especially in oregon every everyone wants to be in a jam band or they want to like do edm stuff i'm like this isn't for me and i i never found a niche and then i came out here and started playing gigs and people were like oh you're making sad music Mm. we love sad music (laughs) and i was like oh sick finally some people like my 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 music that's great and i've always done spoken word with it which has always like been a little bit different too but I, I've always loved experimenting with that, but um, I'm, I've added band members now. Yeah. 
And uh, I've even been telling people that the next thing I put out is actually going to have a band mm. name on it because my another musician is admittedly way too vague. <laughs> <laughs> admittedly way too I vague. I almost didn't know that it was a band. Yeah, yeah, like... yeah. It was, it was my name. Yeah. Another musician. And I've been using it for nine years because I was like, this is funny. All my friends are musicians. I'm just another one. Yeah. And I never really thought I would mm. continue... When I started that, I was like, I'm not going to be making music nine years from now. Yes. I'm not going to put out three official things and one oh thing gosh, that I wrote yeah. in a day. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to do any of that. I'm not going to put something on vinyl. Who am I? But now I'm like, I've got John and Sean and yeah. my buddy Josh who are helping me rethink songs that I've been playing for years. Yeah. Like, we've been jamming some stuff. And just, like, John being like, hey, you know this part right here? Let's, like, let's change this little thing. And I'm like, mm. I've never thought to change that. <laughs> and, like, even Sean, like, uh, helping me write some of the new songs for the next album. I was playing this thing. He's like, the next time around, you should, like, strum it this way. And I was like, I don't think about to do- I don't think. I've been thinking only of how to write music as a solo person. Yeah. So bringing other people in has been helping me so much because mm. it like helps me tweak yeah. my brain yeah. in a way of now I'm actually thinking I'm listening to music differently now. Yeah. Like I'm listening to the parts. Yes. Because I hear like one of the things that one of the first things Sean told me when we started jamming was like you have band members now we want to have fun too. Yes. I was exactly. like fuck you're right. Yes, writing for writing for the the player. Yeah. God, so <laughs> it's been it's a cool process, but it's also like again a learning experience. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's some pressure, good pressure. Like I respect, I look up to my bandmates so much. Mm-hmm. Like when I write a song, like I'm thinking, like, oh man, like I hope I hope Zach <laughs> likes this. Like Zach has a really incredible taste in music, and mm-hmm. I hope he likes this. Yeah. Or like. Because he's like mastering and recording so many people these days. Oh yeah, Yeah. he's a genius in so many ways. And like, you know, I'm writing a guitar part, and I'm like, oh man, I hope, I hope that Cy will respect this guitar part (laughs) enough to like want to make one up to go along with it. You know, like that's exactly what I'm thinking when I was like playing this thing uh, for Sean, and I was like, do do you actually like this? Like, he's like, no, dude, this sounds fun. Oh, like, man, yeah. I'm just getting to noodle around. I'm like, okay. All right. Cause like, it makes me want to be better. Yeah. And push the, push the sound. It's like when you're in a romantic relationship or whatever. And you're like, do you actually like me? Like, <laughs> yes. Like, so the, the first year of us playing together. It's validation. Yes. The fir- <laughs> like the whole first year of us playing together was me like, do you really like this music? <laughs> Or are you just being nice? Like, do you really want to spend time with me? Or do you just pity me? Like, like so many, like, that's just, you know, the, you know how it goes. Yeah. The oh, internal. 100%. Yeah. Um, so Void Ripper, that's the new album. Yeah. Uh, when I saw y'all announce it, I'm always interested in how people name things. Mm, yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about the title? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, it's actually from a... There's a game on the internet, or it's like, I forget what it's called. I <laughs> I feel bad that I don't like I hope it's called Void Ripper, and you're just well, like... Well, <laughs> so no, there's a character in this game called Void Ripper. Oh. Um, I believe it's, I'm, I don't know, is it Hearthstone, I believe? Um, Hearthstone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a character in this game called Void Ripper. Um, but I, I, I only found this out after, like I looked it up. 
Um, but I, I had, I had just seen the phrase somewhere. I forget. This looks super nerdy. Yeah, I don't. I've never played the game. I don't know anything <laughs> about it. Um, but I, I, I heard the phrase somewhere, and uh, at the time, it just like it kind of stuck with me. Um, and it, I don't know, it gave me kind of like the necessary framework to think to like put my ideas and my experiences like in in a container. Um, cause yeah, at the time I, I, this album deals with, um, like me breaking away from my faith, my religious beliefs and, you know, just kind of my whole worldview, um, crumbling like before my eyes. And it's just, it's really like a, a document of like, um, like psychological, like breaking down, like the process of like emptying yourself. Hmm. But not in like a peaceful like Zen way, in like a very um, tumultuous like kind of like disorientation. Like I don't know where I am in the world. Yeah. Um, just confusion, lots of confusion, um, embarrassment, um, doubt, anger. So much anger at like you know things that I had believed before that I was finally seeing that they were either cruel, they were lies, they had damaged me. So I was working through these ideas um, pertaining to, like, the loss of my, my, um, or I don't like to say loss now, but the rather reimagining of my, like, internal spiritual world. Yeah. I'm I'm reimagining it. um, And divorcing from... um, the church and divorcing from the institution of religion. Um, uh, but not so much now realizing not so much divorcing from spiritual ideas. Um, but yeah, that was kind of what I was experiencing. And so when I heard this term void ripper, it, it felt very, uh, in line with that. Cause I was staring into an empty void yeah. and I think I was the void of myself. And I was thinking, this is going to swallow me or I'm going to fight through this and try to figure this out. And so the album is like me pushing against this internal battle and being like, no, I'm going to survive this and I'm going to like, like mentally survive this and get through this, you know? So that's where it comes from. It's, I, it's kind of funny sounding though. Now, no, to me, it sounds fucking metal, but, uh, Uh, no, but for real, when, uh, listening through, um, the album, uh, like all that came through. Mm. All right. It's time for the music break portion of the podcast. You've been hearing a bunch of teases throughout the episode, but now I'm going to play you a full song from the new animal flag album called void ripper. Again, it comes out April 13th, which is next Friday out on flower girl records and triple crown records. Holy shit. These guys are big time. Love it. I'm going to play you a song called Candace. It is probably one of the most badass songs on the album. And I think it shows the full range of the band uh, and everything else that you've already heard. Uh, but definitely, if you want to order a copy, go to flowergirlrecords.com. Go to animalflag.bandcamp.com. Find Animal Flag on any social media. You'll be able to get to it. Get yourself a vinyl copy. Get a CD. Get a cassette. Whatever you want. However you ingest music. 
get a copy of Void Ripper. It's going to change your life. I guarantee it. Is that the quote for Men's Warehouse? You're going to like the way you look? Yeah. I guarantee it. You're going to like the way this album sounds. I guarantee it. Here's Candace by Animal Flag. Is it weird to have your cousin playing on the speakers now? No, I've been listening to her voice since I was, like, before I can remember, so this is natural. That's awesome. I feel very comfortable. This is a really cool moment. Because, <laughs> like, <laughs> I've been sharing her with as many people that I know would like this kind of music. That's awesome. Like, people come over, like, we have board game nights, and I put them on. Like, yeah, it's fucking great. Oh, yeah. So, that's great. Uh, your cousin's getting a free slot on this one that's all right so matt let's wrap this up um what's your favorite food oh man um so my favorite food 
right now, I, I'd say it's it's pretty much any um, any style that you can combine, like rice and vegetables. Okay. So like, um, you know, Japanese food, Indian food, like Spanish food, like paella. Like mm. I love every um, iteration of like rice and vegetables together. That's nice. Like, I'll go for that any any day, any day, any time. Mm, I like that. What about color? Favorite color? So my favorite color, I I think like as like a as like a baseline, I like things to be black because um, it's very sleek and it can mm-hmm. kind of go with everything. But right now, uh, I'd say my favorite color is like purples mm-hmm. and like um, you feel that on the album cover too. Yeah, yeah. That's is that like a pixel pixelized like. It looks like it's like a Jesus picture almost. It's yeah, it's, it's actually a uh, icon, like an old icon um, in Syria that was actually destroyed. Oh. Um, and yeah, to me that album cover is... I hope people don't take it as like a F you, because to mm-hmm. me it's more like a mournful thing in mm-hmm. a way. It, I feel um, it hurts to see it, you know, mm-hmm. and in the way the album for me... Hurts to even put out. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, the purples is... When I was writing the songs too, I was like very much thinking of purples, which is actually funny because when Zach first sent me like just many years ago, like, oh, here's some things I'm working on. They were all purple. And I was Mm. like, this is weird. It just kind of... It worked Mm. together. Hmm. I experienced music um, with colors. Like synesthesia? Yeah, I experienced synesthesia to varying degrees when I I make music and like doing the ambient music is cool for me because it's pure colors i just every song is just a, a very vivid um color so that's i wish i knew what that felt like that seems so cool <laughs> um what about a uh, favorite book oh wow favorite book um maybe even current all time whatever so i read this book a couple of years ago called ego and archetype hmm. um it's by edward edinger i believe and it is like it's like a synthesis of Carl Jung's um, uh, theories on like the collective subconscious and like the importance of like imagery and uh, archetypes to like the human psyche and to me this was coming at the time when I was just uh, leaving my my Christian faith or rather reshaping what I believed about that stuff and I it blew my mind it's it's funny reading a um, like psychology book like a, a like a psych psych book from the seventies and like crying, like like I had that experience and throughout the whole entire book and I was like, this is weird that I'm crying about this, but really it's just I'm I'm understanding myself better. Yeah, and I think when when you finally see yourself, it's like yeah. it's emotional. So Jeez. so that book changed my life um, and it influenced actually the new album a lot. Dang. So, Cool. Yeah. I'm gonna have to check that out. That sounds yeah. ego and archetype. Ego and archetype. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out. That sounds like I dig that. Um, what about a favorite movie? Oh, favorite movie. Um, I really love Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, anything mm. that he does, I'm generally a fan of. And um, I mean, There Will Be Blood to me is a masterpiece. And also, had Johnny Greenwood does the score for it. Mm-hmm. He's the guitar player of Radiohead, and Radiohead is another one of my favorite bands. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Johnny Greenwood and Paul Thomas Anderson working together is like just a formula that I really love. I haven't seen Phantom Thread, which is yeah. the new one that they teamed yeah. up on. Um, but yeah, I'd say I'd say There Will Be Blood and uh, oh man, there's I'm so bad at remembering movies. 
It's all good. There will be blood's a great one. That's a good one. Drink your milkshake. I yeah. Drink your milkshake. <laughs> one of my best friends always says that to people. Oh. It's great. It doesn't get old. Ever. <laughs> um, what about a TV show? Do you watch TV? Huh. So I don't. I don't watch a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. Or I used to not. But it's funny when me and my partner Sydney will hang out. We'll, we'll watch TV. Yeah. Um, she really loves TV. She's an actor hmm. and also an art director, and her both her parents are in the film industry and hmm. in the TV industry. And I mean, she's also a a musician and a yeah. poet. She she's one of those people that does that, everything and, and she's like great at it. Does them really really well. <laughs> and like her frustration and one of her frustrations in life is like, oh man, which one of these things that I'm amazing at should I do? So it's like, so she like is the that. Donald Glover problem. Yeah. Great. Um, but I realize Must I'm totally hard. not even answering your question about what my favorite show is. Um, it's all good. <laughs> but right now we're actually, we're watching Naruto. Um, and I've, I've never watched Naruto or, and I've never really been exposed to anime except for like Pokemon when I was growing up. Okay. And you know, if you would have told me that I would start watching Naruto when I was 25, I'd be like, what are you talking about? But I am like engrossed in it. And that's awesome. I love the characters of the show and I love the storyline and I'm just like when I go home if she's still awake, we're going to watch an episode. <laughs> that that's fantastic. And I, so I've never watched Naruto. Um but um Oh wow. I have Funimation account. Oh, so wow. I watch anime all the time. Okay. See, I don't know any of this, but I'm looking forward to like discovering more of it. Yeah, so there there is um, so Kogias, I just finished. My favorite of all time is Tokyo Ghoul, right Tokyo there. Ghoul, okay. um, Tokyo Ghoul is great, but also if you're into the faith, like questioning kind of faith stuff, watch Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, you know what? You need yes. to watch Full Metal Alchemist. I, we have, I have. Okay, good. I feel like I have to rewatch it though, because um, she, uh, Sydney, was watching it like very intently, and I mm-hmm. would just kind of like come in and out, and so I like got a sense for the characters, but it didn't like didn't like take root in me as like yeah SD. i want to rewatch it it's great um i think it's it's a really really necessary anime for people who get into it and i yeah. mean i've only been really watching anime like hardcore for like the last couple of years but yeah. like some people are like hey are you watching this I'm like is it anime then probably it's, not that's hilarious so yeah i've totally foreign to this world i don't know anything about it but i'm just if, like very uh, curious. Another cool one uh, is this one, Terror and Resonance. It's only mm. 11 episodes long. And, oh, wow. Um, the whole thing actually centers around a bunch of um, Sigur Rose references. <gasps> yeah. Oh, my God. So, like, Vaughn? Yes. And yes. it has it actually has that band, uh, Agent Fresco, that I mentioned. Because oh. there's a bunch of, like, references to, like, Iceland wow. in it. Sigur Rose is one of my favorites. Yeah, they're great. Well, oh, then, yeah. what's, what's what are some favorite bands? I mean, we've covered a bunch. We've covered a lot of them, yeah. Um, all right, I'll just let, I'll just just rattle them off. Do it. Big ones. Um, of course, Bazan and Sufjan, like, yeah. basic for me. Um, all throughout college and high school, Bright Eyes, Connor Roberts mm-hmm. was huge for me. Um, let's see, Emily Haynes uh, from Broken Social Scene. Okay. Her stuff is totally fundamental, like, for me. Like, it's just, like, a huge part of my my musical palette. Uh, Kanye West is probably, 
Kanye West, Sufjan, and Bazan are like the three. Like that's kind of like so great. My like trilogy. Um, that makes me happy. Adrian Lanker from Big Thief. Is, oh yes, she is a songwriting hero. I think okay. Capacity. So let's say that album. let's say the top five: Sufjan, Bazan, Kanye, Adrian Lanker slash Big Thief, and then mm-hmm. like Postal Service. Like Dang. to me, that's like that's like huge like, big, big thief ones. gets a lot of love on this podcast we we brought them up a bunch of times rightfully so i yeah. i really feel like i don't know like i just feel like in like a hundred years people are going to be like still learning and like loving big thief songs yeah. like like i like don't the know. world is going to catch on in a few years and we'll be like yeah the people who were there were like, yeah, we know. Maybe we this, knew this was going to yeah, happen. Maybe that's just my personal bias, but I just feel like Adrienne's uh, um, just her masterful, like she's mastered songwriting. Like yeah. I just feel like if an alien were to come to the world and be like, show me what songwriting is. If you gave that alien, if you gave them capacity and like a maybe like a Joan Baez record mm. and then like maybe like, I don't know. Name like another legend, like God. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> like like here's what like Western songwriting is. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, like mythological beauty into objects is like mm. this was like a high point of music for me last year. Like that, just that transition. Those two songs are today at work. So good at the restaurant job that I work. Mythological beauty came on, and I had to hold back tears while I was putting together someone's like rice bowl, and I, oh. I, I like. It was like it. It, it was less of an awe moment. It was more like, "crap, man! Like, don't do this here. Like, keep it." <laughs> I mean, you've already you've already witnessed me like in the middle of songs. Like, I'll just like point at it because yes. like, I I do that in con- like I'll break conversation to yeah. appreciate a moment of music. That's why I was I can only feel what that felt like <laughs> when you said we're gonna listen to you while we do the podcast. I was like afraid because I was like, "Oh man, I hope I don't get distracted." <laughs> I don't think we've done great. Mm. We got a lot of content, which is great. Uh, thanks so much for chatting with me. Yeah, this is great, Greg. Thank so you. much, so much fun. Can't wait for folks to hear the album. It kicks a dick. <laughs> oh, it God. rips a void. Oh wow! Because back in the day, my friends used to have a song called Dick Kicker. Oh. So to be completely honest, when I saw Void Ripper the first time, I was like, it sounds like Dick Kicker. Oh gosh! <laughs> but in like a that is so the opposite of what I want people I to think about. But you know. I won't leave this in. I won't leave this. You know, in. like when you put Maybe art I'll to the it world, in. it um, it's no longer yours. So have at it. Have at That's it. So true. <laughs> well, I can't wait for folks to hear the album. It is great. I absolutely love it. There's a lot of you in it. I'm so glad folks got to hear so much more of it. I'm glad we got to have this chat. I cannot wait for more chats and for more gigs and stuff. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's it! We did it! Another episode done, and I'm stretching because it feels good. What a fun chat with Matt. There's more to come, if you if you can even believe it. We had more to talk about. There's about 20 more minutes of conversation that you get to have this weekend where Matt and I really get into uh, our thoughts on faith, religion, uh, spirituality, nihilism, and Sufjan Stevens. So uh, we, we end up bonding on a lot of different things, which is pretty great. 
And yeah, if you like the music that you heard throughout this episode, go to animalflag.bandcamp.com or check out flowergirlrecords.com and get yourself a copy of the new album, Void Ripper. You can get it on CD, vinyl, cassette, digital copy. It's good, y'all. You aren't going to want to miss out on this album. It's going to definitely rip some people's minds, if you will. If you like what you heard, please share this with friends. Tell them uh, about the Edupunks podcast. I have some cool ideas brewing for some summer plans, some summer school ideas. Nudge, nudge. Could be a lot of fun stuff in the works. Just keep yourselves, keep, keep, uh, just pay attention. Yeah. And I had a lot of fun this week. If you like what you heard, go to, uh, Edupunks pod on Twitter and Instagram, give us some follows. Follow me at Craig Bittedman. Follow Animal Flag at Animal underscore Flag on uh, Instagram. And I think it's just at Animal Flag on Twitter. So you can get a hold of these guys. They're going to be doing some shows. I know they're wrapping up uh, with a gig in Boston tonight. Uh, but they're going to be heading out there in the near future. So definitely go see them when you can because it is one hell of a live show. If you need some support from Rain or the National Sexual Assault Hotline, call 1-800-656-4673 or visit rain.org. All right, that's all I got. I hope you have a good uh, week, weekend, whenever you're listening to this, a good day, good evening, whatever works for you, however you're listening to it. Let's get to work. <laughs>